This is your boy, T'Angelo, and we are definitely here at the kicker spot, and it is going down. It is going to be so much fun tonight, you guys. Um, thank you for hanging out here. We're going to have a blast, truly, as usual, and um, really quickly, quickly someone, someone the other day asked me, as I um, asked me, why do I always say T, I always say live life to the fullest? Someone asked me that, and I was like, well... <laughs> It's kind of my favorite little slogan because it means to enjoy life, you know, and and enjoy life for all that it's worth. You know, live your dreams, love the one you love, love those you love, and get your life. You know, when you when you get the chance to just do all that you love to do and take take life by the rings and just you by the horns and just have at it. 
it just is a blast, you know. So ultimately, I say just go for it and, you know, go for it and just, like I said, live life to the fullest. And so when you're 80 years old and you're looking back over your life, you should be able to say, you know what, I did that, and you're all set. So as I always say, you guys, live life to the fullest. Just live. And now seeing that I do like living life to the fullest, the next big fulfilling moment I am preparing for is the 2013 EOTM Awards. I am mad excited, you guys. And we're um, – it's just all coming together slowly but surely, and we'll have to go into more of that a little bit later tonight. But that's my next big adventure. I'm uber excited. And you guys, for our feature segment here on the Kicker Spot is T'Angelo Live One Books. So whenever you happen to hear a book on the show that you're inter- interested in, be sure to visit TangeroLive.com for all your book buying needs. All righty? Also, be sure to sign up for the Tangelo Live email blast. You can just visit Tangelo.com and click the sign up button and get signed up today. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, T'Angelo, and you are listening to The Kicker Spot. So tonight, um, you guys, for Matters of the Heart, I'll do a quick moment about tough love. It's still good love, and sometimes the truth hurts. For Celebrity Hub, we'll do, why did Beyonce tell a fan to put the damn camera down? Hmm. And George Zimmerman in the U and the United States after the trial, how are, how are we looking right now in the nation? And then tonight, you guys, on the kicker spot, we are going to have a blast hanging out with author Jamar Brown and discussing his recent title, his recent children's book, You're Ugly. I know, right? Children's book and You're Ugly. What's that about? Well, you definitely have to stick around, you guys. And also, well, I guess I'll kind of tell you a little bit, actually. You're Ugly is a personal story of how being verbally abused and bullied affected Brown while growing up. So we'll hear a little bit about that, okay? So it's not as bad as one may think. But first, we will be just hanging out, and we will welcome the comedic genius Doug Williams to the kicker spot. Um, it, it, he is so funny. It is You guys are going to have a blast. And I'm going to get into – and you're gonna, I'm sorry. You're going to have fun with Doug. He's just awesome. He's a great comedic, comedic talent, and uh, you're going to love him. And also, I'm going to go get into matters of the heart, you know, real quick before Doug gets in, and we'll just have a blast, okay? So let me actually do the matters of the heart right now, which is tough love is still good love, and sometimes the truth hurts. Now, I'm going to have to um, let you guys know that we have to have tough love at times. Everyone doesn't learn things, you know, the easy way. Sometimes you just have to get in the trenches, and someone has to kind of let you have it, and that's just the way it goes. And so with that being said, sometimes we need a reality check. And it's at those moments that we will realize that someone telling us about ourselves is now we want to hear, or they tell us about the situation we're in, and we don't want to hear about that either. But it doesn't make a difference. Sometimes that advice is just necessary, and it doesn't make the advice less true, okay? Now, it doesn't mean you're going to receive, it, receive the advice at that exact moment, but hey, it might linger with you, and you might come into realizing that what was told to you could be right. That's why I say tough love is still good love, and sometimes the truth hurts. We all have to experience tough love, and at those moments when we are being told, we can't be grateful, but I think later on you can kind of sit with yourself and be like, hmm, they did kind of make some sense. I didn't like the way it was said to me, but, you know, it does make some sense. And you may not like the way it's been said to you, but at times it's the only way it can be delivered for you to receive it. So maybe later on you'll go back and thank that person for telling you, you know, just maybe sometimes. And then 
I realized that with me, you know, I try to keep it real, and someone is having, you know, issue with their lives or they're coming to me for some form of advice, or if they're not coming to me for some form of advice and I just really need to help them out and tell them about themselves, then I do. But it comes it comes from a place of love. That's what I'm to say, you know, it comes from a place of love. You may start the person as being a jerk or a butthead or something, but in most cases it's just hard love and Everything can't be painted with, with a pastel brush. You know, we have to get into nitty-gritty, use some darker colors and some bold lines and just simply say, you know what, you're kind of being an idiot right now. You are. I know you're in love with your new beau, and I know he's treating you all great and wonderful, but you're neglecting your company. You're neglecting the business, you know. And you're like, well, no, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. And then our friend just has to go in and let you know where you need to fix it. Now, some of us learn the first time, and some of us are hard-headed and need a real kick in the ass and some tough love to get it all in the right direction. And that's why I have to say, you guys, that tough love is sometimes necessary. Um, I'm kind of known for, again, being more direct, and people seem to like that. You know, people are grateful that I have taken that approach and just kind of have, have, you know, tell how it is because I'm not being a jerk. I'm not trying to be um rude. I'm just trying to ensure that you're able to live life to the fullest and you know, make the decisions that are best for you and all involved. And there's those times where we get involved with these, and I say, I, I say this because it happens to the best of us, we get involved with these people who just are not good for us, not just our relationships, but sometimes it's friends. You know, you find yourself looking at your friend like, what the hell is wrong with you? What, what's going on with you today? And so you just tell them, you know what, you're slacking. You're slacking. Step your game up. Step step your game up. Get, draw your plan back out. Get your journal, your, get your professional journal together. Mark down your goals so we can make sure that you're achieving them because right now you want some sticky, icky, ooh-wee, and it is not even cute. You're heard. I'm just simply saying, you guys, someone has to tell you. And in my space, I have my granny, and granny is going to tell me it how it is, whether I want to hear it or not. And she comes blunt and straight to the point, and I have to thank her and love her for it. Not at the moment that she's telling me it, but it does come to me a little bit later. And, hey, what can I say? She's granny. I can't tell nothing else, right? <laughs> you know? And so my mother's really great, too. She's not as, I would say, tough love because she's sweet, but there are those times where you have to say, you know what, son, this just isn't quite what you're supposed to be doing. And I have to accept it, you know. I definitely have to accept it. So if you are one of those people who know how to get out of love and you're kind of like me, just keep doing it. The person will be grateful later on, and they may not be able to thank you at first. They'll get around to it. In the meantime, we have to just be us and tell it how it is. And if they want to get a, a – a, a smaller pill to swallow, you know, something that's not so rigid and so truthful, then I'm sure they'll probably go to someone else who just might do that for them. But in the meantime, you guys understand that tough love is still good love. And sometimes the truth is just hard to have to swallow, but it is what it is. Ugly dokey, you guys. So that is my kind of bit on matters of the heart this evening. So uh, I know that we are gearing up to talk with comedic genius Doug Williams. And um, matter of fact, I see Doug coming. He's arriving now at the kicker spot. So let's quick, let's take a quick break, you guys, while Doug gets in here and gets settled. And a matter of fact, you know what? I can go for a snack myself. You guys, hold on. Hey. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in to the kicker spot. Spot, spot. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, T'Angelo, and you are tuned in to the Kicker Spot. And we are now chilling out with Doug Williams. Doug is a great comedian who has served as the executive producer of Martin Lawrence, excuse me, as a host and executive producer, producer of Martin Lawrence's Presents the First Amendment Stand-Up for four seasons. And I had the pleasure of seeing this man on stage, and all I can say is, damn, he's funny. No, no, for real. <laughs> so if you guys without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Doug to the Kicker Spot. How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's funny, man, because uh, when we met, we met on the West Coast or what have you, and I didn't know that I would be in New York. I'm in New York now, man. I'm uh, in Times Square oh. doing this thing from Times Square, man. Uh, my 
my uh, uh, father-in-law, my wife's uh, father, uh, had some some health issues, so we had to come here to see about him. He's going to be fine. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm in New York, man. I'm in the city doing it from there. So oh. when I saw the number that I was like, man, I'm 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 calling <laughs> you from the city. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what it is? My actually my network is based there, but I'm still on the West Coast. Oh okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah well, I saw the, the, the you know some of the, the, the New, York. New York number was. But it's all good, yeah. man. What's cracking? How you doing? You sounding good on the radio, man. You doing your oh, thing, well, man. Thank you. you know, I try to, you know, do what I do here at the kicker spot, hanging out and schmoozing with, you know, with all the people who come through. <laughs> <laughs> so I have just have to tell you, I, I'm sure I mentioned it when we met, but yeah, I, I mean, just loved your stand up. It was the first time I had seen you in that capacity, and I, I, okay. I'm just speechless. I mean, and my friend who was with me when we saw you is such a conservative person, you know, really cool, calm, and collected. You had him stretched across the chairs trying to catch his breath. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And so I do have one question to ask you. When that girl fell off the stage, what were your thoughts? Oh, hilarious. For, for, for those of you who don't know, I do, uh, and we won't give it away, but I do this improv bit where I just call uh, – a woman from the stage, just random woman, and we do this little improv like sketch thing at the end of my show. And uh, she had th- th- this particular woman had had a lot to drink. And <laughs> at the end of my show, you know, we hit with such a bang, everybody stood up, and it was like a standing ovation. And me relishing in the moment, you know, right, I'm standing right. there like, what's the movie uh, that Eddie Murphy did wrong when a little kid was standing oh, there with his arms he, up in the air? Yeah. With his, <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Raw? Wasn't that his movie concert, Raw? I think it was concert? Raw, his stand-up Raw, when the red, yeah, for, in the red leather. old school people or whatever, you know, he's got a whole new generation in now. You know, <laughs> you know, Chris Tucker and Eddie Murphy, the kids, they don't know who you're talking about. But I right, was standing right. there like that, you know, uh, uh, taking in my moment or what have you, and instead of me, you know, trying to help her off stage, I'm standing there with my arms up like I had just won, you right. know, a boxing match with her, and she takes a step forward drunk and falls from the stage and lands flat on her face. And I had it to, was. you know, I I thought I was going to get sued, man. I thought that, you know, you know, because, you know, whatever, brother, this was a white woman, too, by the way. So, right. You know, the brother's around and a white woman falls, and she hurts herself. You're responsible. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. So everything worked out. She was so drunk, the alcohol numbed her. So I'm pretty sure, you know, that next day she probably couldn't move. But because of the alcohol, she was able to get up and go to her seat. But, yeah, it was a hilarious right. moment, man. It, and it was so unfortunate because, like, you know, people usually check and see if she's okay, but it almost just seemed like it was a part of the whole skit. Yeah, people yeah, people thought that it was there. Yeah, they they were still clapping for me, you know, and I'm like, hey, somebody, right. you know, and help her, you know, and I had to get down and help her. And then when people finally realized it was real, they were like, oh, my goodness. But you know how we are in this society. We laugh first, and then we check mm-hmm. later. We'll so check everybody laughed first, and then they checked to see if she was, <laughs> if she was all right is. later. That was so funny. It was it was a great time. I and I had wished that I had a chance to see you later on on this ship, so we could have hanged out. But that didn't happen. I'm sure you were somewhere tucked away, trying to catch a nap. But, <laughs> so how have you been? I know you're in New York now on purse, you know, with the family and everything. And I do, you know, wish your your father-in-law well. Thank and you. Thank so you. Everything how, has been great, man. Uh, it's been nonstop for me. Uh, uh, if you if you if, if you I'm sure you're familiar with the movie The Help. Well, Octavia Spencer won the Oscar, right? Uh, yeah, for The Help or what have you. So it looks like uh, I'm going to be trying to collaborate with her. I mean, we grew up together. I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. She's from Montgomery, Alabama. We okay. grew up together. We went to high school, and uh, since she's coming to her uh, uh, success or what have you, we've reconnected. Uh, we've always been connected, but now she's at a point where you know Hollywood is calling. So it looks like we're going. Hopefully, we'll collaborate on this new project that I'm trying to push through. I mean, it's not set in stone yet, but I'm right. hoping that uh, everything will go through on that. You know, I mean, if it's God, like my grandmother used to say, if God say the same, it's going to work. Right, 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 right. Now, speaking of which, now, at one point, I think um, I heard that you were working on putting a show together. Is that still in the works? Well, that's actually the, the show that I'm putting together is the show that uh, okay. I shot. I shot a pilot. Uh, she saw it. She liked the pilot. And now... Uh, she wants to come aboard and try to help me do some things with the pilot. Actually, my wife and I produced uh, the pilot together. My wife and I, you know, work here. We have our own production company. So okay. um, we produced this pilot that uh, that I did, and uh, she saw it. She likes it. She's away working on a movie right now. And by the way, everybody go out. Uh, she's a, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know who she is, she's going to be the mother in the new movie, uh, was that Fruitville Station or what have you that's supposed to come out? She plays the guy's mother in okay. that movie, which is, by the way, it's going to be a fabulous movie, so I would encourage everybody to go out and see the new Fruitville. Well, if Octavia's movie. in it, I'm kind of there. I love her, so she's in it. It's like, you know, certain actors, if they're in a film, you just go see it. Angela Bassett, yeah. if she's in it, I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah, so, so so please go support that. So that's what I've been doing, man, and then just doing my stand-up. I'm actually, uh, uh, I've been hitting a lot of clubs here in New York. I've been here in New York for, for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I actually leave, man, uh, to go out on another cruise. They have a cruise ship that goes out of New York, so I'm leaving to go out on that ship next week uh, to do oh, you the Caribbean are run. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, okay. God is good, man. God is amazing, man. So, uh, you know, it's, awesome. uh, it's, 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 it's been nonstop. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful, man, that I'm working and enjoying myself, man. And, you know, it's, it's rare in life. And I always tell people, you know, I've been blessed to do something I love to do. So, you know, it's, it's like the old proverbial saying, you know, uh, find something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So, you know, I've been blessed in that way, and, uh, you know, God deserves the credit, man. I'm having a great time. That's awesome. And so speaking of, you know, doing what you love, you had such a humble beginning getting into comedy. How did you go from, an, an, you know, going from graduate, you know, you, were, you graduated college into comedy? Like, how did that transition happen for you? Well, actually, I was kind of doing comedy all throughout college or what have you. So I was doing it, doing it, doing it. And, you know, I actually wanted to leave college, but my mother was like, no, nah, just stick it out. You know, I mean, it's important for a black man to have an education, uh, to be well-spoken and, and all mm-hmm. of these type of things. So, you know, I just kind of, uh, you know, stuck with college until I finished it, and um, and I had been doing comedy all along. So, I, you know, I, I was when I graduated from college, I was about five years in. So, uh, you know, I did a couple more years on the road, man, and I moved to Los Angeles, and uh you know, things have just been moving um, uh, forward for me since then. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a very interesting ride, man. I mean, this, this is a very, very challenging game. Uh, right. It tests your very moral fiber, you know, and uh, I've always promised myself that, you know, I would stay true to who I am, and, and more, more importantly, I would stay true to what I believe in. And uh, that's been challenging, man, because, you know, Los Angeles, uh, as I'm sure you know, you find yourself <laughs> – being faced with uh, with things on a consistent basis right. that, that test you, man, that test your moral fiber and test what you're about. And my thing is that, you know, whatever your standards are, whatever standards you set for yourself or mm-hmm. what have you, that you, whatever your convictions are, you should remain true to them. And that, and, I, and that's what I've been trying to do, man, in, in, in this game, just be true to my convictions. Because they definitely will get do their best to make money off you, regardless of how or what it takes. Exactly, exactly. You know it. You hit the nail on the head. Right. So now with all that you've experienced in it, what would you say was one of the hardest, uh, ch- you know, challenging things you had to go through getting your way through, you know, getting to the success you've reached today? Well, I think, man, that, uh, you know, uh, there have been times, man, that I've been uh, asked to do, you know, certain roles or, or 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 you know, parties that I've invited I've been invited to uh, that you know were full of drugs and different things and you know a lot of those things, man. I, I, I well, not a lot. The things that I didn't really believe in or the things that I didn't really feel comfortable about, I turned down, and you know. You 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 see all of these stories and what people have done, and a lot of people, man, have compromised and they've done things, and it has led to success. It has led to them being at a you know financially at a certain plateau, uh, career-wise or what have you. But at the end of the day, you know, you still have to sleep with yourself. You still have to right. be able to look yourself in the mirror. So you know, I've turned down some things, man, that I, I, that personally I didn't think uh, were right for me. And right. uh, and I, I left the rest in God's hands, man, and, and and God has truly taken care of me, man. So, you know, but this is such a rewarding job, man, to be able to make people laugh, man, because we live in a sick society. We live in a society. You can't turn on the news, man. Uh, the news no. has become a tragic show. Whenever you turn on the news, you're really turning on to see how much tragedy has happened and where it has happened. So to be able to bring people into my show for an hour uh, 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour, and have them forget about those problems and laugh. And as you know, man, I have a show 
where I talk about uh, uh, all the races. I make fun of black people, white people, Hispanic people. And my theory on that show is if we can laugh at each other, we can love each other. So, you know, just to be right. able to make people laugh and forget about their problems, man, and, and, and I do it in such a way where I can talk about you and you still feel good at the end of the show, you know. So, you know, and I make fun <laughs> of everybody, man. I talk about all races, all genders. I make fun of gay people. I make fun of everybody. But at the end of the day, we all look and say, man, we had a good time. We laughed at each other, and, I, and that's what it's about, and that's, and, and that's what my shows are about. Making you feel good, making you feel better when you leave than you did when you came in. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put a stamp. You're doing it. You're definitely doing it, and I experienced it myself. (laughs) And I'm so happy I did. Now, funny enough, you've worked with Martin Lawrence as an executive producer on the uh, the show Martin Lawrence Presents First Amendment Stand Up. Uh, To be honest with you, Martin is like my, not like, Martin is my number one favorite comedian of all time. Me and my best friend love, like, all of his work. His stand-ups and stuff are tremendous. Do you find him to be a a comedian that you looked up to when you first got into the game? Definitely, definitely. Martin was uh, a a huge inspiration for me, man, Uh, along with Eddie Murphy, uh, uh, obviously Richard Pryor. Uh, But it's funny, man, it's so funny that you look up to these people because you feel like you know them. You watch them every night on TV, you know, with the the Martin show and this thing. So you feel like you know these people in a sense. But when you meet them, you know, you find out that they're regular, average, everyday people. So I always tell people, man, you know, now in retrospect and having been here and having met these people or what have you, don't ever put them up on a, a pedestal or hold them up to a, 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 a level that you set yourself up for disappointment when you find out, you know, mm-hmm. man, this They're is just a regular guy <laughs> that, 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 that goes through mood swings, that, you know, doesn't want to be bothered at certain times. Because, you know, we accept that of people that we come in, in contact with every day. In other words, like, you know, I met you, and if, if, I, if, I, if I come to know you, then obviously I'm going to catch you on some bad days when you don't want to be bothered or, or when you might snap or what have you. But right. for me to judge you strictly on that would be unfair to you because you're human. You know what I mean? You you get sad, right. you get angry, you go through all of the, the gambit of emotions. So I've learned in meeting people like Martin and people like and being around them and doing business with them that they're just regular people. And it took me a while to separate that from the person that I had come to know who was a star on television who mm-hmm. I looked up to. You know, and, and, and working with him, man, was a great experience. But, you know, I've come to now, I really don't hold anybody in stardom anymore. You understand? Mm-hmm. If I'm making any sense. In other words, if, just because I see a person on TV or they make me laugh, or when I meet them, I kind of treat them the same way I would treat the guy who's parking my car or or the guy uh, at the airport who's shining shoes that I, I strike up a conversation with in the airport. They're just regular people. And I've learned right, to I, everybody the same. That's awesome. And I think it is, you know, probably better that way because, like you said, you lose expectation. So now with your success, who ha- who are you super excited to work with and now you've actually accomplished it? So you couldn't wait to work with them and you finally did it. You know, I'll answer that by saying here uh, I had an opportunity when I first when I first got here, man, to work with Eddie Murphy. Uh, oh, okay. And if, you go, if you ever go back and watch uh, uh, The Nutty Professor, I'm in the very first one. I introduce Dave Chappelle. I come out and I say, give it up for Reggie Warrington. And, of course, Dave Chappelle comes out and he bags on the I know uh, exactly this thing. You know, I know, then I know so exactly you, watch, you are. And watch that. Exactly. You'll see me in that. Uh, but working with Eddie, man, was just a – it was tremendous, man. I don't think people realize how talented Eddie is. Eddie has a photographic memory, man meaning that he can look at something, take a couple of glances at it, and be ready to go and have it memorized and put all of the bells and whistles on it. I've ne- I, I, mm. I had never seen that before, man. But mm-hmm. working with him is phenomenal, man. The dude is so talented that he's very low-key, but the moment they say action, he turns into that character, Buddy Love. He turns into that Professor Clump. He's, the dude is just so talented. <laughs> and to sit down and talk with him, man, after seeing Coming to America, and all of these movies, because, you know, Eddie has done some, some movies that we consider to be, you know, archive movies, period. But 
in the right. black archives particularly, you know, coming to America, uh, 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 Harlem Nights, these films oh. are classic films to us. Right. You know what I mean? It, and to just be around him and, 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 and to talk to him and to listen to him uh, at that time, give me advice was phenomenal, man. So him and Sinbad, I would say, and I had an opportunity Sinbad. to work with Sinbad, who I feel hasn't gotten enough credit for what he's done and how he's been able to do it, man. Those were two yeah, he's, phenomenal people that stand out whenever people ask me about who did you work with that made an impression on you that uh, you were impressed by. Those were two people, man, that really impressed me. And to this day, you know, uh, uh, whenever I see them on TV or whenever I watch them, I always think I, 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 it just amazes me how talented they are. Yeah, I was raised on Sinbad, too, so that is definitely. So before I let you go, I do have one more question. Well, I think I have two more questions. One of them is, what um, now that you've what is what is next for you? What do you what is your your big goal? What do you look to triumph you know, and conquer Madison Square well, Garden? Well, you know, man, <laughs> I, 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 you know, you know, I used to set goals like that, man. Now I want a Hollywood star. I want to, you know, win an Oscar. I want this, but uh, uh, one of my goals, man, I'm accomplishing, and that's being able to do what I love and provide for my family. You know, I do what I love, man. I travel. I see the world, and. I'm able to take care of my family from doing that. But I think, man, for me, it's all about uh, 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 spreading laughter and, 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 and making people forget about their problems. And at the same time that I'm doing that, man, uh, to, 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 to smoothly, easily right. flip the message in uh, about Jesus and about his love for humanity and, and and use that as a springboard to cause people to love each other, man, despite of of differences, despite of ethnic backgrounds, despite uh 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 whatever separates uh 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 people to be able to make them laugh and slip that subliminal message in about love your fellow man, respect each other, we all have to live on this earth and let's try to get along. So man, you know I'm 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 doing it, and, and of course, you know the, the project that I'm doing uh, that hopefully I'll do with Octavia. And if anything else happens, man, as a result of me doing the stand up, then that's icing on the cake. But I've really, God has really caused me to, uh, 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 He's reordered the way I set my priorities. And when you, in my opinion, when you set your priorities on being a big star, on winning an Oscar, on then. To me, those are selfish priorities. But when you make a goal that is serving to others and all of that other stuff happens as a result of you following that goal, mm-hmm. then it's gravy on the cake. You, I mean, it, 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 it's icing on the cake. So my job, I feel, is to make people happy, make them laugh, and spread uh, God's message of love and understanding uh, uh, between the races, man. And I'm happy. Well, then you've actually answered my, both my questions, which was you, you've answered it. Awesome. I'm fulfilled, Then I think you're, you're on the right track. i got to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> well, man, I'm not perfect, man. But, uh, you know, man, it was a pleasure, man, to uh, thank you so much, man. I mean, you came uh, uh, to the shows. Uh, you laughed. We talked afterwards. And uh, it's just a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm so happy that you invited me to do your show, man. Uh, Thank you. Uh, uh, because, it's, uh, you know, every opportunity that I have, I mean, it's a platform for me to encourage people to follow their dreams. Uh, uh, you only get one life, uh, uh, and you always want to be able to say, hey, I did what I wanted to do. Whether And, 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 and a lot of times people get, we, we, we get so caught up in what success is, and a lot of times we measure success according to what somebody else has been able to accomplish in that field. And mm-hmm. I've gotten away from that. You know, you success is what you make it. And like I said, man, if I can make people laugh, if I can, you know, make them forget about their problems, then my living hasn't been in vain. And it's because of, you know, people like you inviting me to do their shows that allows other people who might not have known who I am, never heard my name, they hear me on, the, on your show, they come out and see me, and it just helps me fulfill my destiny. So so thanks for having me on the show, man. You are most welcome, Doug. Thank you for hanging out with us here on the Kicker Spot. Until next time, I'm sure we'll hang out again soon. 
Make sure, man, I want to make sure that everybody, man, I'm trying to do this Twitter thing, man. So for all the people that are listening, man, please follow me on Twitter. It's Mr. Doug Williams. Uh, my Facebook, I mean, my uh, website is under construction right now. It'll be done next week. I'm redoing it. It's DougWilliams.net. Please follow me. Uh, email me. Uh, 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 I'm on Facebook, Doug Williams fan page, man. And let's have fun. And, man, yo, we got to stay in contact, man. We got to stay. I mean, we're building Definitely. a network here, man. So, you know, you got my don't. number and everything, man, my emails. Don't have a hesitate to call me, man, if you need me to come through and vice versa. There you have it. I totally appreciate that, and you definitely will hear from me again, Doug. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here at the Kickers Pod. You have a good night, my friend. God bless you, brother. Peace out. Thank you. You guys, be sure to continue to stick around. We did just finish hanging out with our boy, Doug Williams, the comedic genius. But when we return, we will be chatting with author Jamar Brown on our premiere segment, Tangible Live on Books. Celebrate Entrepreneur's Biggest Night live from West Hollywood, California. The 2013 EOTM Awards, Sunday, August 4th at the beautiful Pacific Design Center. Red Carpet and Celebrity Stunted Awards Show, highlighting all things entrepreneurship. Nominees and presenters scheduled to attend Bruce Valanche, Farrah Abraham, Tammy Roman, Jake Short, Carlin Jeffrey, Adam Barter, Matt Martin, Eric Zuli, Latoya Luckett, Jasmine Brand, Christian Keys, Mary Marrow, Vincent Ward, Josh Feldman, CeCe Perkinson, Cynthia Manley, Fawn, Chili Moe, Mimi Foss, Don Lee Heising, Jared Masters, Macy Bookout, Barbara Niven, and many more to be confirmed. Performances by Billy Lord, Adam Barter, Chioki Damachi, Leon, Ron Anthony with Don Cannon, and more. Win tickets by tweeting hashtag EOTM Awards, hashtag Think Entrepreneurship. Visit www.eotmawards.com, www.eotmawards.com for more info. Tiangelo Live, fine book. And I'm your host, Tiangelo. The next best thing to reading is talking about it. TiangeloLive.com Celebrities, book authors. Self-help. Celebrity tell-all. Memoir. Celebrity biography. Sports figures. Tiangelo Live, one book. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Tiangelo, and we have entered Tiangelo Live One Books, where we are now going to speak with Jamar Brown, a successful and dynamic, inspirational keynote speaker, author, and executive coach. Jamar is an editor of Successful Physicians Monthly and has written a couple of books, one being What's Your Sales Story and his most recent children's book, You're Ugly. So let's go ahead and welcome Jamar Brown to Tianzo Live on Books. Good evening, Jamar. How are you doing? <laughs> Tianzo, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am so excited to have you on the show. So I'm, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say, Tianzo, first of all, I love your show. And I was listening in um, here, listening to Doug Williams, and and uh, I was just inspired by the conversation that you two had. So I'm excited <laughs> and ready to uh, ready to talk to you. Funny enough, I get inspired by my show as it's happening because <laughs> I really am. I'm blessed to have such. Cause I have great guests. I really do, and all of the guests are so inspiring, and they talk about you know things on a level that everyone can achieve them. And I had you know so many wonderful people like yourself. So. I'm not going to reminisce any further because I'm starting to feel the energy that you're feeling. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So let me focus and do my job first, and okay. then I'll go write in my journal. <laughs> so, well, again, like, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show, first of all. We, we too, met, you guys, the listeners, being tomorrow, also met on the cruise ship. We were hanging out, and it just so happened that I was a radio host with Tiangelo Live One Books, and he happened to be a book author. We were like, he has to be on the show, and here he is. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I uh, appreciate you giving me some time to talk about my new anti-bullying children's book because it's such a, an important issue for uh, us to discuss. And I think I have a different perspective that I would love to share with as many children and parents as possible. Definitely, and I I love the story. I love what it's about, and we're going to get into the book. Before we do, I wanted to say um, – you, you, with you being a busy, busy man, I wanted to ask about Successful Physicians Monthly. Um, how did this video magazine come about? 
You know what? It, it's amazing. My, my whole career has been in healthcare. I've been in sales and marketing and management and the whole nine. And I decided a year ago to transition from the corporate environment to being an entrepreneur and really doing a lot of healthcare consulting. And mm-hmm. mainly, one of the main reasons was because you know I have a ten-year-old daughter and I was on the road three or four days a week for the first nine years of her life. And I realized that you know I wanted to, to, to say you know what I, I love you know the, the the VP position and the corporate card and the everything else, but you know my my daughter and my family is more important. And so I transitioned right. to consulting. Well, as it would happen, I was you know out consulting and and I was approached by the Alltech Media Group and they have several other magazines, and um, they approached me and recruited me to uh, partner with them to create Successful Physicians Monthly, which is an online uh, video magazine where we feature. Um, success in healthcare. There's so much negativity about healthcare, but we feature different doctors and hospitals and the medical centers that are really changing the lives of patients by offering free programs such as tattoo removal, healthy mm. eating uh, programs to prevent childhood obesity, and so forth and so on. And I really wanted to to tell those stories because I believe those stories need to be told. And so they recruited me to be the editor. And as it turns out, I've also been hosting the show as well. So I've, I've started my <laughs> hosting career uh, through this right. uh, through this venue. That is awesome. So I think that that does sound pretty interesting. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but does that mean that a, a, a person like myself could watch this show and get insight on where I could find, you know, these different resources? Because, like you said, it's all negative, but I'm looking for something. Well, I don't know where to look. I don't know where to find these people. Is this an outlet that I could use for information for that? Absolutely. And and the website to go to is SuccessfulPhysiciansMonthly.com. And you can look at all the videos and all the past issues um, uh, on there, but you can also sign up to receive the monthly uh, publication. And they're all video news stories, which is really cool. There's a flipbook version of it, you know, and, and there's videos. And so it's a really interactive process. And if you have any ideas or anyone has any ideas for stories or things they'd like to, to, to present to the world, definitely, you know, go to the website, SuccessfulPhysiciansMonthly.com, and um, let us know what you're thinking, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can do a story about it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I just when I saw that you did, and I looked into it, I was like, wait a minute, because I'm one of those people who have health insurance, but right. class, and I get, you know, it's like, okay, here's a package, choose a doctor, and I'm like, what, based off of what, right. <laughs> off a letter, right, but, right. But you know, having something like with physicians, successful physicians um, magazine, I feel like I'd be able to sort of look at, you know, and see it, and be like, okay, this is so and so, and oh, that's what they do, and. Why are certain tools and certain uh, specialties specialties necessary? And so, I was like, I got to ask him about this. That sounds like you know a great tool and resource. Well, you know, and, so, and, 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 just real, real quick, another thing about yeah. that is is that, uh, for example, I, I interview you know CEOs of of hospitals, organizations, and so forth and so on. And one of the gentlemen I interviewed a week or so ago uh, was uh, the former president of the California Medical Association. And we okay. spent a lot of time talking about, you know, people call it Obamacare, but it's really called the Affordable Care Act. And there are <laughs> some significant changes in health care that are going to affect, I mean, everyone's life, you know. And so, you know, we I want to get that information out there and, and, and show people, you know, um, what to look for, how to understand it. And I try to find people that can really speak intelligently about it. And so if you're, to your point, if you're someone that, that's in, in health care, you have health insurance, and you have questions about, you know, quote unquote Obamacare and, and, and which doctors to choose and, and how it all works, you know, Successful Physicians Monthly is definitely a great venue um, uh, to look into. And also, you know, you can go through my website as well, jamarbrown.com, and I am more than open to speak to anybody about things that I know that can help them um, you know, live the best life they can live. Well, thank you. That is definitely awesome. I definitely awesome because I don't be knowing about all that crazy stuff. <laughs> But nonetheless, okay, so let's get into it. Now, you have written two books, and tonight we're going to discuss your most, your most recent title, You're Ugly, which is a children's book dealing with school bullies. So, of course, um, I have to ask, why this story and why now? Well, a couple things. Um, I do a lot of speaking to different organizations, and, and one of my uh, motivational talks is called The Seven Pillars of Distinction. And these are seven things that, that people can do to live a life of distinction and live, and live your purpose. And the last, you know, pillar is a story of, you know, my childhood in which I was called ugly by the neighborhood bully, and I spent literally 25 years of my life thinking I was ugly. 
the the thing about it is, Tangelo, is that at, at a very young age, I told myself, if I'm ugly, then I better be smart and I better uh, be a good athlete. And so I became a great athlete, and I went on to you know to college. I was on the dean's list and was student body president of my college, and then went on to the corporate and world and did some really tremendous things. And it was all about you know how you can turn a negative into a positive. And after one of my talks, I had about ten people walk up to me. And they had tears in their eyes, and they said, Jamar, I'm so glad you shared your experience with us because I dealt, I, I, I'm, I'm living with the pain and trauma of, of, of being called something when I was a child, whether it's you're ugly, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly, your ears are too big, whatever it is. And, 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 and I didn't know how many people were affected by things in their childhood. I thought it was just me. I, would have, um, I, would have, I do find it to be peculiar as well. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that people harbor such what we consider small things, like you're ugly. That's such a normal thing that people, the kids say to each other. I mean, I call it my wildebeest. I mean, <laughs> I, I did. Well, I, I watched Lion King, and I found out that word, and so she became a wildebeest. Right. So well, now, you know, <laughs> and it's funny because it, it's one of those things where bullying isn't always, you know, constantly being harassed. It's sometimes when you're vulnerable, when you're not feeling good about yourself or, you know, you're mad at your parents, and just that, that one statement that you hear and it sticks mm. with you and there are so many people that I that I came across that had something and when you really talk to people tangible and really sit down like we did on the cruise and had a discussion and, and talk for a couple hours you really get to know people and they start to open right. up and you realize that there are these things that they're holding inside of them that's hurting them so that was right. the first thing that happened the second thing that happened was just watching all these stories on on the news about people being bullied, and, and now the bully is going to the school and, and, and taking guns and knives. And I said, you know what, I need to do something. I'm someone that I have a story to tell, and it's not about, you know, beating the bully. It's not about violence against the bully. It's about building self-esteem and confidence in yourself so that right. instead of being negatively, negatively affected by, you know, being called something or negativity, you actually use it to encourage you and inspire you and to propel you forward. And that's the message that I want to, you know, um, deliver through this book for both children and for parents. So now, with the book, what is the story inside? What do we? What is if a person is reading the book? What are they reading about? You know, there's a couple things. Now, the main story, and it's a real easy read because it's not about the length of it. It's about the message. It's about a young boy who, um, you know, was in a football game with with the neighborhood kids, and and he catches the winning football or the winning touchdown, and then the neighborhood, you know, bully, quote unquote. Um, you know, gets mad and, and basically calls him ugly. And the kid runs in the house, and he looks in the mirror, and, and for the first time in his life, he sees himself, and he sees himself as ugly. And it goes on to, to discuss all the things that he does uh, because he doesn't want people to, to, to see him. He wants people to see his athletic ability or how smart he is because he didn't want people to, to, to realize that he's ugly. And so without knowing it, he goes on to become a great, you know, uh, uh, athlete and a great student and goes on to be very successful in business, and then one day he looks back, and he, I don't want, I won't give it all away, but he ends up right, basically, right, right. you know, uh, um, realizing that how great it was to have been called ugly in the first place. Uh, and the second part of the book is a message for parents. You know, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and, and, um, and I wanted to share some things that we do with our daughter to help her, you know, sort of build moral character and help her build confidence, self-esteem, so that when she goes out into the world, um, she has such a, 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 a good sense of herself that she is neg- negatively affected by, by the world. And so there are seven things in there for parents to help them uh, work with their children to, to build their confidence and self-esteem as well. Okay, that is pretty awesome. I definitely feel that, you know, self-esteem is really important. It, it, like you said, in this, in this case, you know, it's written from a very positive, you know, point of, point of view because usually – that's not the case. You know, we're dealing with a kid who had such a hard time and didn't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's a really different point of view, which I which I really did find to be interesting because the book isn't written about the bully as much as it is the kid who was bullied and how he handled it. Right. Well, and Tangela, as you know, I mean, and and this is this is you know kind of Jamar's perspective on it. it maybe right, maybe wrong, but you know, I don't spend a lot of time trying to correct the bully or trying to you know. Uh, um, work with the bully because at the end of the day, negativity and drama and gossip is, is going to be out there no matter what. You know, anytime you try, you try to do something in life, like with your show or with your wars, I'm going to help you win if I can, you know, there's going to be people that are going to hate on you. There's going to be people that are going to talk negative. They're going to, 
you know, tell you why you shouldn't do certain things. And so my right. point is, you know, you know, I want to I want to help children understand that when those things happen and you face negativity, that's a good thing because that means you're trying to do something. And instead mm-hmm. of letting that, you know, affect you and put fear in you, it should inspire you and and say, you know what? I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to keep moving forward, and I'm glad that this is happening because if it wasn't happening, then I'm probably not doing much to really uh, live my life to the fullest. Right, right. Oh, he quoted, oh, live life to the fullest. Okay. Well, I know. Are you been saying that the whole show? <laughs> that's, no, that's, my, that's like my slogan, live life to the fullest. That's like I live anyhow. Wow, great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, see how difficult it is doing this show? I spend every week just getting inspired. Oh, Am I doing great. anything? I hope I'm doing it right. <laughs> uh, well, tell you what, I mean, you, you are. I mean, your, your energy is is obvious. Uh, your passion for what you do is obvious, and and it's great to to have people like yourself out there, really, you know, you know, putting creating a platform for people like myself and and Doug Williams and so many other guests that you have on the show. And so, trust me, you are you are influencing, and inspiring a lot of people, and and we really appreciate what you do. Well, thank you, and I will say I will give that same thank you to EOTM, and the EOTM stands for Entrepreneurs on the Move. Okay. And so we definitely speak to entrepreneurs who are making moves, setting trends, following a yellow brick road and all of that. Okay. So now I guess now on another note, yes. when Jamar, when you are not working and empowering others, what do you do in your leisure time outside of taking cruises? <laughs> Well, we you know we we love to travel and to see the world, but uh, honestly, you know, one of my I have two favorite pastimes outside of work, outside of spending time with family. One is writing, and so I write. You mentioned you keep a journal. Uh, I keep a journal for my daughter that I've had since before she was born, and every day I write about life and I write about lessons that I want to teach her and leave with her. And so I think I'm on my sixth or seventh, you know, those um, composition books that you get in school. Yeah. I'm on my sixth and seventh one of those, and I keep it in a safe in the house. And so that's what I do. I'm also working on literally, you know, uh, I write day and night. So I'm working on six or seven other books. I'm hoping to have at least one more book out this year and possibly a second book. Um, and then the other thing I love to do is play golf. I'm an avid golfer and, and uh, got up early this morning and played. And so, you know, those are two of my, my passions. That was, we almost had something in common right there, almost. Cause okay, well. I don't really, because you like to play golf. I'm right. a major fan of miniature golf. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got to put a windmill out there somewhere to get me on the course. <laughs> so have, have you ever played on the golf course? No. Okay. I've well, driven yeah. on it a couple of times. I've driven on it. I've done a photo shoot on it. Okay. Um, I've driven by others. I've right. laid on a golf course. <laughs> I've done a few things with a golf course, but play on it. Uh, I've been to a picnic on a golf course. Okay. Yeah, but actually hit a ball, like, you know, all the way across the other side in hopes to land it in some small hole that I can't see. Right. (laughs) Not quite. Uh, Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's such a, for me, a lot of people get frustrated about it. For me, it's, it's very relaxing. I mean, you get... You're out there for four or five hours, you know, with with your with your friends, and or you meet new people, and you're out there talking. You get to know people, and and you know, and it's a, such a mental game that it kind of builds your your mental toughness if you if you look at it the right way. Um, and so it's just a way for me to get away. Just same thing with writing. When I write, you know, I don't. I'm not a musician. I I, I have such a respect for for artists, musicians, singers, actors, because I don't have that talent. And so for me. Writing is sort of my music, and so okay. I write as much as I can. And I always write about life. And if people want to, you know, read my blog, can go to jamarbrown.com and 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 check out the blog, or you know, find me on Facebook as well, or, or Twitter, Jamar um, underscore Brown. And so there's different ways that I like to communicate and and really just share, you know, messages of like you're saying, you know, living to your potential, you know, living life to the fullest, and and um, right. you know, really having no regrets in life. I think. Right. End of the day, you know, when I'm old and, and gray and I'm on my deathbed, you know, and somebody says, you know, did you have a good life? I'm going to say, you know what, it was a great life because I, I don't have any regrets. Right. And that's the main thing. You did it. I have, yes, I have clearly agree. My granny is my inspiration. Mm. She sits at home. She has a beautiful life, and she doesn't do much. And I'm like, granny, why don't you go and do something? I did it already. <laughs> <laughs> you should go out tonight. I've been out. Right. <laughs> I'm going out. I want to say in. 
Uh, okay, when did you love to? I worked for seventy years. I don't. I'm, I'm done. Thank you. Leave me alone. That is I'm good. Funny. <laughs> well, there you go. It is, there you go. Right there. It is. It's totally inspiration. So when I look back, I'm just like, I want to sit in my beautiful home with my beautiful life and say, Well, Uncle, you want to go out tonight? No, I went out. I did out. Now I'm doing in. <laughs> I saw it. Don't you want to see it? I saw it already. It was right the first time. It ain't nothing new. Right. Been there, been there, done that. You know. Right. It's just so. digital now. See, you missing right. out. It was better in analog. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, everyone, we are talking with Arthur Jamar Brown. Um, we've discussed his book, You Are Ugly, and um, it's a children's book about bullying. You have to definitely check it out. You can go to jamarbrown.com for all things Jamar Brown, from the book and all his other adventures and and programs and things and whatnot. Awesomeness. I'm I'm taking a moment. I'm trying to inhale and digest everything we've just experienced. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm going to digress and say thank you, Jamar. And before you go, is there any words of wisdom you would like to leave for the next generation coming up behind you? You know, I just want to say um, that, you know, um, it, it, almost everyone that you talk to, that is, you know, I'm I'm in my, you know, almost 40 years old and older. You know, a lot of people say, you know, I wish I had done this and I wish I had done that. You know, like you said with your grandmother, how she says, I've been there, done that. And so at the end of the day, you know, just follow your heart, follow your spirit, and just trust that when you follow your heart and follow your spirit and you commit yourself to the work required to get things done, no matter how hard it is, whether it's a Herculean effort or it comes natural, that, this, the, that the world and life is a beautiful place when you look at it from that perspective. And don't allow anything to get in your way. Move forward because, you know, there's so much greatness in life if you just live life according to the, your purpose for being on this world. And, and for me, I want to be an example of, look, there's someone that doesn't just talk the talk. You know, Jamar Brown walks the walk. And if you look at my story and my history of, of the things that I've done, you can say, you know what, yeah, he is someone that, that I can listen to because he's done it, and I just want to share just the joy of, of life when you, when, you, when you live that way. So if you're right. listening out there, if you're a young person, just live life to the fullest, like Tangible says, follow your heart, follow your spirit, and just enjoy life. Well, wonderful, Jamar. Well, we're definitely going to keep those key notes right next to our journal so we can insert them later this evening. <laughs> and I just want to truly say thank you again for hanging out here and visiting Tangelo Live One Books. It was awesome having you. Tangelo, it was an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. And, and thank you for, for all that you do because you really are uh, influencing and changing the lives of, of thousands of people, and I appreciate it. Thank you again. I, 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 I'm humbled and grateful for your kind words. Until next time, you have a good evening. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Right. You guys, we just finished listening to uh, talking with Jamar Brown, author, keynote speaker, and um, executive coach about his book, "You Are Ugly." To get more on Jamar Brown, go to jamarbrown.com. And next, you guys, the Celebrity Hub. Everybody, get up.
Celebrity Hub is brought to you by EOTMblog.com. When you're looking for the latest, the freshest, and the biggest stories in Hollywood, EOTMblog, yes, I said it, EOTMblog.com is the site to visit. I said be quiet, it's coming on, and get off my foot. on everybody this is your boy T'Angelo and let's get into this celebrity hub not going to cover way too many stories but there are a few that kind of caught my eye so you know if you don't know I'm a fan of my girl Beyonce and her, uh, recently the mogul was quoted telling a fan to put the damn camera down who the hell she thinks she is talking to somebody like that my first thought I'm a fan and all but hold up hold up hold up hold up hold up your voice ain't disrespectful and then um, then we, uh, looked into the story, and that's when I found out it was actually a whole different story. So the way it goes, you guys, apparently a couple of celebrities have been rebelling against fans videotaping while the performance is going on, kind of like right in their face. And I guess the premise is enjoy the show. And, um, what you call it? Kind of enjoy the show and not just be filming. And they be filming. So what ends up happening in the Beyonce story, she was putting the microphone in the, the fan's mouth. They could sing the song uh, Irreplaceable. And the fan had the camera in her face, and she just said to the fan, hey, I'm standing right here in front of you. Why don't you embrace the moment and put the damn camera down, like, and sing with me? And so I was thinking, I'm for that. Like, you know, we get so caught up in this digital era. Cause even myself, I've been to the concert, and I was taking pictures and videotaping and all that stuff. And I realized, hey, put the phone down and just enjoy the concert. You paid enough for it. You're standing right here. Just who, you, If you want to see a video, just go watch one. But you're not going to get a million hits because you videotaped a Beyonce concert. Or maybe we're hoping that she falls off stage or something again. You know, like, let's just embellish in the moment. And I know Kanye was another artist who did that. I don't know I'm saying Kanye is saying like it really matters. There was one more who I can't think of right now. But, you know, you guys, I'll just have to say, enjoy the concert. And then also uh, in the news, who was interesting to me was, well, what you call it? I'm sorry. Oh, Chris Brown. Chris apparently as, you know, his, his, his probation was not released. He wanted to get off of probation. They said no. And if he gets in trouble again, he's going to jail for like four years. Could you imagine Chris Brown in prison for four years? When he came back, what would life be like? And how would prison be for a heartthrob? I don't know if that's a good a good look for him on that end. And um after he found out, I guess it didn't really put it didn't really bother him too much the next night he was seen out at the Playboy mansion getting his parlay on. So, hey, live life to the fullest. Um 
then uh, lastly, one thing I wanted to mention, you guys, is a lot going you know, after the George Zimmerman trial, Trayvon Martin, you know, killing and everything. And I will have to say, I'm sure that we are all in one way or the, the other, but we have to be sure to um, protest and do things, you know, in a respectful manner. And uh, here in Los Angeles, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, you know, on on the news or anything, but it got really out of control down in, I guess, the Crenshaw Lamar Park area. People were starting to riot. They went into the Walmart over there. And um, it's just not a good idea because you're you're only harming yourself. You're not, you know, hurting anybody else. You're ruining your own thing. And you just want to do right. I know they also shut down the 10 Freeway. And for those who are not from L.A., the 10 Freeway is a major artery here in Los Angeles. 